Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here fit and firing, recording on a very, almost, a, it's kind of a very autumn-like Saturday morning here. starting to cool off, Nick. It is, mate. Mm-hmm. We don't like it. Jumps are out today. Joining me to make the magic happen, Mr. Roe Hancock. How are you, pal? Good, mate. Good. We're full swing in what the playoffs. A oh. What a week it's been for both the NBA and NBL. Mm. The first, well, for the NBA, the first week of, first round, should I say, of playoffs. Just a little... Done and dusted. We've got one game going on as we speak between the Timberwolves and Grizzlies. Yep. But, mate, what a week it has been. The action has been nonstop. There's been no rest for the wicked, but we love it, don't we? Plenty going on. A lot of upsets. A lot of upsets. Which keeps things interesting. And we thought it might happen. We We thought there might be a bit of unpredictability and a few upsets. So, now it's kept us on our toes. toes. There you go. (laughs) Oh, you're a coke. Um, (laughs) We are without today our little running mate, Lee. He is mm. feeling somewhat under the under the weather. He went to Melbourne during the week and has come back with quite a quite a nasty cold, bit of the flu. No COVID, though, thankfully, no COVID. but he won't be Good. joining us today. We look forward to him gracing us with his presence so next yes, week. Yes, absolutely. So you and I again holding down the fort, mate. Holding down the fort. I'm getting used to it, Nick. Yeah, I know, I know. We're just pillars of um, consistency here, <laughs> yes, are we? Absolutely. Guys, before we get into it, though, a couple of big shout-outs, namely to the Spotlight Sports Network, Pop Culture Pros, and The Cover. Mm-hmm. We're stoked to be part of all three networks there, doing tremendous things in the, the pop culture and sporting area, just giving up-and-coming content creators another platform to express and share their own projects. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate what all three of them are doing and look forward to their continued support. Also, also, I've got some, actually, no, I'll touch on it in the NBL point, another little shout-out, but we'll get little, to that shortly. little teaser, Nick. Guys, we're going to get into odds and ends. We've got a lot to get through today. So without further ado, let's start with odds and ends. Yes. And I've got here a couple of awards that we got throughout the week. Mm. We started with Scotty Barnes winning Rookie of the Year. So well I, deserved. I guess we'll touch on that. How do you feel about that? Uh, well deserved. I personally thought Evan Mobley would take it out. I thought but Mobley would too. To be perfectly honest, when I saw Scotty Barnes was the uh, recipient, I was over the moon for yeah. him. Because no one coming into this season gave him a chance for that um, Rookie of the Year award. There was a, a lot of raised eyebrows when he got picked yep. at that pick four. So, yeah, well just, done to Scotty. Just quickly, though, I was pretty disheartened with the lack of love Josh Giddy got. How many votes did he get in the end? Uh, he got zero first-place votes. What? Um, can I just say, this guy, like I know I don't want to take the shine off Scotty Barnes, but a little bit of Aussie pride here. This yeah. guy won Western Conference Rookie of the Month four, four months in a row. Youngest player in oh. NBA history to record a triple-double. Now, I know, I think he's got the top two or three youngest triple-doubles there, but yeah. nevertheless, I know he missed some time, and you take that into account, but the fact that he got zero first-place votes that was is, just quite shocking to me. That is news to me, Nick, and I, oh, that's blasphemous. I it hate is that. Blasphemous. I it hate is that. blasphemous. But, um, you know, taking nothing away, we're certainly looking forward to recapping OKC's season over the yep, coming weeks, absolutely. and we'll talk more on Giddy. But back on Barnes, a big congratulations, on as you said. You know, no one gave really him all the Raptors organization, much of a chance this no. season, and they've they've surpassed all of our expectations. So very well deserved there. Indeed. Now a little bit of a, a contentious one here with Jar Morant mm. winning most improved player. Yes. Yep. Um, this is getting a bit of backlash just pure, purely for the fact that people think Jar is too good for this award. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that he was almost like an MVP, I guess, candidate and points throughout the season that he shouldn't almost be warranted most improved. Yeah, look, I I personally thought he should win it. He's got yeah. he's gone from like star, well, not even star. He's gone from a really good player to an absolute superstar of the league. Yeah, so in terms of being most improved, I would I would argue that he's 
you know, been the most improved this season. But DeJounte like, Murray, Jordan Poole, Darius Garland were the three names that people thought should have probably picked up the award. Oh, they should all be in contention. And look, at the end of the day, if any of those blokes won the award, I'd be more than happy yep. with that. But there probably needs to be clearer guidelines around what this award actually Absolutely. is. Um, because I think that's the reason why there's been so much backlash over the last you know, week or so since it's been announced. So if they could have some clearer guidelines, yep. what actually will... Yeah, what's what the constitutes the yeah. most improved play? Is there like almost, I, I, there's no clear way to kind of segregate it, but is it, you know, if you're a star, superstar mm. to star player, are you almost not allowed to win it? Yeah. Is it for role players making that jump to a star player? There's mm. no real way to gauge that. There's not. There needs to be some clearer guidelines for it because it is getting a bit of backlash. But mm. I, I 100% in agreement think that Jar Morant would, like the leap, the leap he took, sorry, was yep. phenomenal, yep. um, and certainly warranted the award. And I mean, just because he's been most improved, and he's also, I guess, been in contention for MVP, he'd probably be around that five, six, seven, top seven yeah. MVP. It, yep. it, it shouldn't really count him out from the most improved. Like you can, you can, I, in my mind, I think you can be both most improved and contending for an MVP well, that, award. That, that's a good question. That leads me to a little follow-on, I guess, from that. Yeah. Do you think we will ever see? Or do you think it should be allowed mm. that a player is able to win most improved player and MVP in the same season? I don't see why not. How like, would that be? Would that, wouldn't like, that just be incredible? Like, why not? I just don't understand. Like, yeah. it, someone could be the most valuable player for their team and improve immeasurably from one season to another. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know why not. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it'd be fun. I think mm. that would be really fun to see someone actually do it. And I don't think if if they've got a respectable case and deserve it, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be entitled to win win both. Exactly right. Yep. Uh, moving on, Nikola Jokic. Now, Yoda. we'll talk about the Nuggets maybe a little bit later on. Mm. But after some, I guess, poor news being knocked out by the Warriors, um, Jokic is expected to sign the largest contract in NBA history five years at $245 million, averaging 40, $49 million a season. How's wow. that? Do you know what? He deserves every dollar. He deserves every million dollar. dollars across five seasons. That is yep. the nug- unbelievable. Yeah. The Nuggets will be throwing the absolute budget of their city to keep him in, yeah. in Denver. And rightly so. Yeah, he absolutely. He is a generational player. And what he, he is, like, we've seen the way he's carried this team this season without Murray and Porter Jr., which we'll touch on again shortly soon. But uh, he is certainly... More than more than deserving of that contract. Do you know the thing I love about Yoka as well? Uh, in a presser after they lost that yep. series against Golden State Warriors, he still wasn't sure if the Denver Nuggets would offer him that supermax. He's he's still humble and he's he's still not sure whether he's you know the Denver Nuggets think nah. he's as great as he actually is. But get your bag, my man. You're you're potentially about to come a back to back MVP. Not many yep. not many people in NBA history, league history, have done that. So you are certainly. Deserving of that. Absolutely. Good on you. Um, another big man, Joel Embiid. He suffered a bit of a bit of an injury here on his right mm. thumb. He's expected to undergo surgery in the off-season, mm-hmm. but he's determined to play through the pain whilst the season's still going in the uh, 76ers push towards mm. hopefully a title. But how much of an impact do you think this will have? Like oh. it's for a guy who you know he gets a lot of free throws, a lot of knocks in the paint. Mm. You know, it it's not an ideal injury because you know. Basketball, we do use our hands so much. Absolutely. So it is quite, could have quite a big effect going forward. Yeah, it will have an effect, but I don't think he'll let on too much about that. Uh, like at the end of the day, like all throughout the season, these players get these niggling type of injuries. Obviously, this injury is probably a little bit more severe than yep. niggling, but, um, you know, 
he's just going to have to sell John because the Suck it up. Philadelphia 76ers are at the point where they obviously need him to be at his best to you know have a have a shot at the title this year. Certainly. And it's just at that, that time of the year where you just have to push through these and the things. the natives are restless, aren't they? They are getting restless. They are. They've, they've been, you know, it's been growing over the last couple of seasons. Um, and they have I, been for a yeah, I feel as if they while. flame out this season, it could be, um, you know, there'll be there'll be fists banging on the door trying to come in and uh, just yep. tear down the house, I reckon. Pitches so yep. watch this space on that one. Uh, quick shout out as well. Last point from me on this. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I've got two actually. Another injury point I'll start with. Chris Middleton. Yes. Yep. Big, big blow on this one. His um, initial Perfect. diagnosis is, you know, it's it's more severe than what we first thought with that mm. MCL sprain. It's been upgraded to a grade two. He yes. now is set to miss the entire second round series against the Boston Celtics and maybe even further. But yeah, what a man. massive blow to the Bucks this is. Oh, it's significant, isn't it? For like, as much as we kind of hammer on what level Chris mm. Middleton on the Ferris wheel, where are you going to get him at? He is a key key cog in their operation. Oh, absolutely is. And, I mean, these next few weeks will really put Giannis on show. Like, how great is Giannis? Oh. Can he more or less single-handedly? I know the, I know the Bucks have Drew Holiday and I rate him super highly, but yeah. at the end of the day, Giannis is going to be the man who's going to have to defeat the Boston Celtics almost single-handedly. I'm looking forward to it's getting your thoughts on that series mm-hmm. shortly in terms yeah. of predictions and how many games. But I tell you what, what – what an opportunity it is for him to really assert himself in the game's all-time greats. If he can somehow will this team towards another title. Superhuman effort. Incredible stuff. Um, Also, speaking of superhuman feats, Mm. Chris Paul yesterday. So yesterday we had the the Suns close out the Pelicans 115 to 108. Chris Paul broke history. He recorded the most field goals in a single game without a miss. He went 14 to 14 from the field, (laughs) dropped 33 points on 100%. Field goal percentage. Oh. It's just incredible. Incredible. Talk about taking high percentage shots. And I think that also comes back down to his just incredibly high basketball IQ. Yep. Like to be able to put himself in positions where he, th- like obviously he's going to make more than he misses, but to put himself in the position where he gives him the best percentage to knock it down on a big, on the biggest stage the of biggest all. Stage. So, mate, we go to the courts a bit. We haven't been in a little while. We need to put some work in soon. Yeah, but- yeah. can't say the field goal percentage we'll be looking at. I tell you what, let's, let's say, let's go from the free throw line. We use yeah. that, you know, Chris Paul mm. was taking these shots here, there and everywhere. From the free throw line, if you've got, say, 14 attempts, mm. how many do you reckon you'd make? Oh, you're going to make me look terrible here, Nick. That's um, all right, because whatever you I, say, I probably better got, knock mine down one do I have? Do I have to be honest here? Or yeah. Can, at my absolute best, I reckon I could knock down, oh, I don't know, maybe half. I was about to say, yeah. I reckon if you get into a rhythm and routine, you get one or two early. I reckon if you went fifty, if I went fifty percent, I would be stoked, and that's high watermark. I think the thing about us, though, Nick, is we're very streaky shooters and we're confident shooters. So if we start knocking a few down early, could be know, on, could be on. But, but if, if we um, miss a couple, we miss early, them, it could, it could be, be there all day. One zero or one out of fourteen. But yep. I'm looking forward to putting in some work again with you soon. Yep. I know we've spoken about getting a social basketball team in, so I'm sure that would be uh, some good content for the listeners out there hearing how our our triumphs and failures go on the court. Let's get a mixtape going, Nick. Absolutely, mate. Um, do you have anything from the NBA that you wanted to touch on? No, I think you've covered all the all the major points. Mate, we have got a lot of news from the NBL. Um, I'm going to start first and foremost with a big shout-out to Mitch Creek and the South East Melbourne Phoenix organisation oh, as a whole. Yes. Um, incredible, incredible circumstances, how the Jack Jumpers made the finals this season. And it really ca- it came down to the last game of the season. The mm. Phoenix somehow willed themselves over the Perth Wildcats in overtime, thus ending 
The Perth Wildcats streak of 35 years making the finals. Unbelievable. Uh, mate, you couldn't have made this, you couldn't have written a better script. For, for the season to end, what the Jack Jumpers had to do and overcome to make it against all odds, like the, the smile, it, it was just, just radiating off me after that game. Oh, as it was for all Tasmanians, I think. Came down to the very last game, but not even the last game, the very last play of that game it yep. came down to. And everything just went our way in the end, didn't it? And, you know, like I think in our first season to overcome the adversity that we have um, and to make the finals, regardless of what happens from this point onwards, yep. it's just an incredible effort and exceeded everyone's expectations. And take nothing away from Perth, what they have done over nearly... You know, three and a half decades, their organisation is such a well-run ship. And no doubt, you know, we'll see them back in and, back in and around the mix again next season. Um, just, a, just a note on the Wildcats. Yep. Star young young player there, Lukey Travers, has Travis. officially declared for the NBA draft. So I thought he might. Looking and... forward to seeing what he can do. He's someone who, you know, mm. has really caught my eye over the last couple of seasons, especially this season, increased game time and responsibility. Um, 24th of June, we've got the draft coming up. So looking forward to doing a bit of a preview on that and you know, kind of yep. getting into some of these Aussie, Aussie flavours. I tell you what, there's been a fair few NBL players over the past week or two who have declared for the NBA Wasman draft. Deng as well, yeah, Hugo well. Besson. Besson, um, yeah. Some, some big names there. So looking, we're going to have a lot to look forward to next season in the NBA. It's a shame that we're losing them, but at the same time, we've said this for a long time, there's a lot of NBA quality yep. in the NBL. Yep. And, yeah, they're going to hopefully achieve their dream. Beautiful, mate. A bit of news that was released the other day. The league is looking to implement next season after taking, I guess, inspiration from the NBA, a play-in tournament at the end of the season to get into the finals. I love this, Nick. I love this. How good is this? And it just shows how progressive the league is as well. Um, Like, they're not afraid to implement new ideas, even Mm. though it's come from the NBA. But Mm. for, like, the league here, I think it will just create so much more excitement and we've seen the, the benefits it's had in the NBA. Like teams are fighting harder for longer. More teams are involved. The uh, overall product is, is better. so much better, is better with the playing tournament. And I'm so glad that we've implemented this. And, you know, like you couldn't blame the NBL if they sort of just wanted to hold off for the time Rested being. Rested on their laurels almost. Yeah. With the success we've had over the last season or two. They've been very proactive with it, which mm-hmm. I'm really glad to see. We're keeping up with the you know other major leagues around the world. Absolutely. So, yeah, very happy with that, Nick. Well, hopefully a team that has this uh, might benefit next season, mm-hmm. the Brisbane Bullets, during the week they announced they've re-signed star player Nathan Sobey on a three-year deal. Final year will be a team option. But, um, you know, that's a massive re-signing for them. It's been a bit of a... Mm-hmm. Bit of a struggle this season, but again, that that playing tournament that just opens it up. You know, you look at teams like Adelaide, Perth, who just missed out, the mm. Phoenix, Adelaide, even. You know, there's a lot of quality within the league, so it'll just open up these games and make it more competitive for longer. So, yep. really looking forward to seeing how that plays, and really glad to see Sobi. You know, he's, you know, the year before last, what year are we now? We're 2022, aren't we? God, mm. Disgusting. 2020, <laughs> 2021. Yes. You know, he's up there as an MVP. Candidate. So looking forward to hopefully seeing him hit his straps. Yep. But speaking of MVPs. Oh, Nick. We had the MBL <laughs> award ceremony during the week. We had a new MVP crowned. So I'm, I'm sure the blokes from Fifth and Dribble would be happy. Um, <laughs> Jalen Adams of the Sydney Kings is now the new MVP of the league. Just overtook their Bryce Cotton, who finished second. But um, what a season for him it's been. Oh, it's been incredible. You love to see to it watch, as well. isn't he? He's so mm. dynamic and um, take again nothing away from Cotton. He's had a tremendous season and is, you know, the face of the league. But um, Jalen Adams. It's nice to see a different MVP this season. It and is, isn't it? We obviously went to see the Kings Jack Jumpers game a few weeks ago, and right. we're going to test to how good Jalen Adams is oh. as a player. He is so dominant. He is a killer. He's electric. And I, yeah, love to see it. 
Um, also, I guess speaking of other awards, I want to I get mean, to this is the maybe, main This award. is the biggest one. Yeah. MVP yeah. don't mean squat. No. Coach of the year, our man Scotty Ross picked Scotty. it up there. Good boy. Um, and just, it's, you know, uh, there couldn't be a more deserving bloke. The oh, way he's absolutely. taken this franchise from the ground up in the finals now is really a testament to the work he's done. Yes. Um, yep. I'll rip through the other winners, though. Most improved player, Keanu Pindu mm-hmm. from the Cairns Taipans. Yep. Uh, the sixth man of the year went to Shea Illy of Melbourne United, who we'll be seeing later in action tonight. Well done. Uh, the best defensive player went to Antonius Cleveland oh. from the Illawarra yep. Hawks. He's, He's a rock. He has been a star. Yep. Let's get into the old all NBL teams. Let's do it. The second team was Matty Delvedova, Josh Adams from the Jack Jumpers, Good Chris Josh. Goulding, Mitch Creek, and Xavier Cooks. A lot of quality in that second team. A lot of quality, and it permeates through to the first team. We had Bryce Cotton, Jalen Adams, Antonius Cleveland, Vic Law, and Joe Luol Achul. All the MVP type candidates Ooh. in that first team. You just, you know, you've only got to rattle through those two teams mm. to see the quality within the league, and it goes deeper than that. It does. Uh, Rookie of the year went to Bull Kuehl mm-hmm. from the Cairns Taipans, mm-hmm. um, as well as which I forgot to mention there. So mm. I tell you what, the league is in such good shape. The oh, it's health an it's possessing. Shape. Um, Let's rip ahead, though, to the finals. I yep. wanted to get onto this. We started Thursday night. Thursday night it was. I, get, yeah. I tell you what, I don't know about you, but the days just blend into one, don't they? They do. Especially it's a blur. when playoffs are on. Yes. Like everything yep. is just so high energy and octane. Yep. You lose mm. track of it. You do. You do. Thursday night, though, we started with the playoffs. Melbourne United beat the Jack Jumpers over in Melbourne, 74 mm. to 63. It was a close game till half time. It was. But the third quarter it. really, I guess, fell apart. Melbourne won that one 21 to 7. And they were just too dominant on the boards throughout the night. The overall count was 51 to 32 on the mm. boards and 18 to 6 on the offensive boards. So mm. It's the offensive boards, isn't it? They're like, a killer. Really. They're yeah, a killer. Didn't killers. really have too much of a chance when you look at those stats, but hopefully can bounce back tonight. Yep. Um, we'll touch on that in a moment. But last night we had the Kings and the Hawks. The Kings winning this one 89 to 79. I tell you what, the Kings, This I really thought the Hawks were going to be up and about. They were early. But in that mm. second quarter, the Kings went nuts. They won the quarter 30 to 9 and just really kind of set the stage. The, the game was almost over at that point. Mm. You know, the, the Hawks made it a little bit closer at the end to salvage some respect. But yep. uh, so as it stands, the Kings lead their ser- series one zip mm-hmm. and United lead one zip against the Jack Jumpers. Game two tonight, though, big shout out to our long term, uh, I guess long term, long time yes. partners and sponsors at Intersport Hobart. They have managed to hook us up with tickets to tonight's game. We are absolutely buzzing. Good seats too. Mate, I thought we missed out. I so honest did I. to God thought we missed out. When you gave me the call and said we're on here, mate. I've never been <laughs> you Ooh. couldn't wipe the grin off my face. The energy down there at my state bank arena, eight o'clock tip off. It is going to be wild. We're gonna be uh going off like a bull in a china shop. Tell you what, the foundations in my state bank arena are going to be shaking. Shake, shake, shaking. <laughs> there is gonna be five thousand strong plus going yes. absolutely mental. You know, win, lose, or draw, whatever happens, it's been a phenomenal season for the it has team. Been. Um, and just looking forward to seeing them them turn one on. I'm and seeing Delhi. And seeing Delhi. Yeah, we, I know that we, was on your bucket list coming oh, into the NBL yeah. season. We had to go see Delhi, and the moment is now. I love Delhi, but look, at the end of the day, mate, I'd love for you to go home with a loss under your name because the Jack Jumpers, I'm giving them a very good chance at the Fortress down here. So am I. Um, so am I. We've, we've, played, we've played really well down here with the exception of that Sydney Kings game, which we won't yep. mention. We won't um, mention. Cost it, me a carton. It, it did. Oh, mate, don't bring that back up. That's, yeah, I've got we'll just shout out the boys from 5th and Dribble. I do 
I've, I've put a message out early to him early during the week. Oh. If somehow the Jack Jumpers and the Kings both make the finals, I've, oh. got, I've got another carton on the line. So <laughs> double or nothing. Double or nothing. Oh. Yeah, no, but, I love that. Um, I think a big, there's going to be a lot of responsibility tonight on Fabian Krizlovich and uh, yes. our man Mikhail McIntosh. They're the really man. going to have to lock up. Uh, Luar Lachul there because he, he ran rampant the other night. He did. Uh, an MVP front runner he was, so it's going to be clamps on him. The thing is um, with him is we actually had him under control in that first quarter. I yeah. think he had zero points in the yeah. first quarter, in fact. And we were looking like, oh, we, we're probably going to get on top of him here. And, you know, as always with the really good players, they find, find a, way. a way. So, find um, a way. yep, very good call. We need to keep on top of him in Do particular. We're looking forward to breaking it all down next week. Uh be sure to stay up to date with those socials. We'll probably be active on there tonight. Permitting, permitting uh, reception. The, old, the old reception yeah. sometimes <laughs> gives some we goes struggle. there, but we're, yep. we're incredibly excited. So all the best for the Jack Jumpers tonight, and we look forward to breaking down the NBL with you next week. Daily Dribble. Beautiful. Mate, let's move ahead to our Manscaped ad read. Okay. Here we go. We've just a, just a shout out to the music. We've oh. after a uh, a bit of a struggle, we've managed to bump up the uh, the uh, audio tune here. So oh, it's been the bane of our existence. Oh, it's these given me past an absolute headache. Oh. But nevertheless, into the ad read, Manscaped, our proud proud sponsors. Bro, I have a question for you. Yes, Nick. How many senses are there? Oh, four. What? No, there's five. Oh, name, it, name them for me. Name I don't them. know. I don't know. Mate, you've got your you've got your touch, your sight, your taste, your smell. And you feel, don't you? You touch. Wait, I've just, wait, shit, there is five in there. Hold on. I don't know. No, you're here. <laughs> right, smell. Yeah. Yeah, touch. No, yeah, I've got them all. Ones. Yeah, nevertheless, yeah. nevertheless, I've really bottled that. But the most, what is the most important one, bro? I reckon the smell. Hey, you are bang I on the money. The smell, Nick. We have absolutely clamoured and clamoured since our partnership started with Manscaped. So they've officially brought out a deodorant here. Hopefully you can see that there in the camera for any of our YouTube watchers. Yep. Yes, yep. The deodorant. And a roll-on deodorant that just reeks of that manscape smell we've come to know and love. That trademarks stench, but it's a good stench. Mate, it's I a tell great you what, stench. There's you know, we you know, people say you taste with your eyes. Yep. Well, I think you taste with your with, with your, your nose. nose. And that's how you get a good gauge on people. Absolutely. Smell. And yep. there's no better way to make that initial first impression than with the Manscaped roll-on deodorant. You know, I go to the gym each morning before work, have a bit of a freshen up, straight onto the deodorant. Oh, I, I exit the gym, mate, and, and heads, heads just turn. Heads <laughs> yeah. just turn. And it's yeah. not because of what's visually happening. Oh. happening. It's all to do with that. That's just that's the trail nice that you leave. So, yep, guys, if you want to get involved, use that code right there, that link, link in our bio as well, manscaped.com.au. Use our code DRIBBLE20 for 20% off. 20% off and free shipping. There it is, mate. You I love mean, it. We love it. What on. more could you ask for? Guys, we are super, super excited. I'm going to put an email in in the next week about the yep. hair gel. They've listened Good to our, suggestion. Our, our first suggestion, the deodorant. Yep. It is going off. So, guys, if you want to smell... As fresh as we do here at the Daily Dribble, use that code DRIBBLE20 for 20% off. Get involved, guys. Last day of uh, testicular cancer Cancer awareness month. It's a tongue tongue twister every time. That's the one. Guys, get involved. Manscaped, thank you so much for your continued support. Mm. We appreciate it. Use that link, DRIBBLE20, 20% off. Oh, dear, Nick. I've I've actually made it part of my daily routine, this Manscaped stuff. I these, tell you what. these Manscaped products, daily routine now. I've got about seven or eight products sitting on my sink, and yep. all of them are getting an absolute workout. A big workout. Yep. I just feel fresher. 
Like, you, you do, don't you? We're, we're, Adred's dumb. We're not pump, like, blowing smoke up their crack now, but mm. the, the, like the smell and the actual products themselves. I had a shower this morning just before we came on. The yep. old two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Does the trick, I doesn't love it? that. Yeah, and just in terms of time efficiency, having that two-in-one, love it. So, yep. You're all about time efficiency, aren't you? Mate, there's not enough hours in the day, is there? So <laughs> without further ado, speaking of hours in the day, let's move on. Daily dribble. And let's just touch on, I've just got a couple of talking points mm. here from the NBL, the week that was round one. Not going to go into all the results, but you've got a mm. few kind of questions and things to talk about with you. I'm going to start with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. what a story it's been. They started the season 1-13, and 13, and for all intensive purposes, we thought it was over. There and then. Done, done and, and dusted. dusted. Yes, absolutely. all odds. Made it through the plane, won two consecutive games, and just clawed their way into a first-round matchup with the Suns. And, you know, I really gave them a bit of a chance here. Bloody I no, thought they had too. the Suns at times on the ropes. You know, a game here or there went a different way. And we could be looking at the Suns moving forward. Uh, the Pelicans moving Pelicans, forward, should yeah. I say. It's not the case. The Suns got out in top 4-2. But I just want to ask the question, do we think the Pelicans will be back in the playoffs next season if Zion returns? I think you'd almost have to say yes, wouldn't you? You would almost have to say yes because the fact that they've managed to claw their way into there and then contend really well against the team which has been the dominant yeah. team for the course of the season in the Phoenix Suns, I would say yes, is obviously going to depend on whether Zion Williamson is healthy. And how they fit him into that team as well now. Yeah, I think they'll I think they'll fit him in seamlessly, to be honest with you. But um yeah, no, look, I'd I would say based off everything we've seen, particularly in the latter half of the season when they've sort of made their a certain back up the standings, yeah. I would have to say yes. But what about you? What, what do you a reckon? stunning turnaround. I'm mm. gonna say yes. I'm mm. I'm buying into this team just from what we've seen since the, the trade deadline, acquiring CJ McCollum, and just seeing how him and Ingram work together, thought there might almost be a little bit of disharmony, just kind of figuring out who's that alpha, who's that number one. Mm, mm. But they're really doing it by committee, and it kind of puts them in good stead just for kind of getting Zion into the team. There's was the turning point when CJ came over? I would argue yes, because before CJ, they were looking very one-dimensional. Yep. They, were, they, they were getting struggling. some more wins. They were getting yeah. there, but that CJ... Acquisition really got them over the line. Yep. And Jose Alvarado. Oh, Grand, Grand Theft Alvarado. He's what been great. A, what a great little find he's been. Yep. Um, like their team as a whole, you look at like they're pretty well rounded. If you bring Zion in with Valentunas, with Ingram, with McCollum, you know, they, they've got top, top level talent. Yep. But they've also got, you know, Herb Jones, who's really emerged on the scene this season, as you said, Grand Theft Autorado. Um, yes. You know, they've got a good-looking squad. And they I think do. he's probably mm. the piece Zion. Like, he is, you know, he's been out for a little while, but he's still that generational piece. I, I believe so as and well. And the talent mm. and bits he's shown, you put him back into the fold. I, I certainly see them back there next season. Yep. So we think they will probably be contending for a playoff spot next season. What do they actually need, though, to get into contention to, you know, be contending for the for the ultimate prize? Because as much as I think they will be contending for playoffs, I don't necessarily think even with Zion back they'll be, you know, championship contenders. So yeah. it might just be a bit more depth off the bench. I don't know. I think it might that's be a, it. Yeah. I think that's the one big move I would look to make, just an out-and-out. You know, we've got Devontae Graham, who's... Had a bit of a fall from grace. Um, friend where people, of the show. Friend of the show is his <laughs> friendship starting to waver. <laughs> but, you know, people were clamouring for him for an all-star spot last season. But he has uh, really kind of dipped off. But I, I think getting possibly like a bit of a wily veteran who can shoot the three ball. Yep. You know, you look at what Kevin Love is doing this season. Or if you could somehow swindle a 
a Jordan Clarkson, even a Gallinari. Gallinari, I was thinking um, that. Yep. You know, I'm not mm. sure how their books are looking, but something like that, just someone who can come off the bench, who's got experience on their side, but can just shoot the three ball and get yep. some points on the board to keep keep things ticking over. Need a few more pieces, but geez, they, they should good. really be in contention. You should be excited if you're a Pelicans fan. So particularly after the start to oh, the season. Oh, that was, that was horrific. Looking like that a big was dark horrific. Hole. Yeah. Um, my other point, another team that's had a horrific ending to the mm-hmm. season, the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, dear. Where swept, do we start with them? Swept 4-0 against an absolutely rampant Boston Celtics. Mm. Um, ben Simmons didn't end up suiting up at all. Uh, like, uh, It's just so disappointing to see how these last two seasons have played out. You know, Arguably, maybe missed out on the championship by KD's big toe last season. Mm. And then just to go out without, just, like in such a whimper this season... They didn't um, even put up a fight, did they? Like, it was really a shameful effort. That first game... By that, it was it looked pretty much written in stone at that point. Yep. You know, Kyrie was pretty, pretty good in that first game, but KD struggled. Tatum, all the boys had him on absolute clamps. Their defense was just stifling. It was. It but was. In terms of, I guess in terms of my question for the Nets, mm. Ben Simmons. I don't oh. want to talk too much about him, but hopefully he will be back next season. Time will tell. You know, oh, that, that's kind God of like uh, pissing in the wind and... You know, you're not sure which way it's going to go. <laughs> yes. But Ben Simmons hopefully returns. Joe Harris comes back. What are you doing with this team? Is it time to get rid of Kyrie, get rid of a couple of pieces, build around KD and mm. put competent role players around him? Do you run it back and see what they look like at full strength? Like what what route do they go now? I don't know, mate. Honestly, like Kyrie might get rid of himself, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Like he, he just doesn't seem involved or as involved as he should be with the game of basketball. Um, so, look, I, I don't think they can run it back with the exact same squad that they've had. They have to make changes, obviously, because they've been highly touted as a legitimate championship contender. And on yeah. paper, they sh- really should be. They should be. And they've come out in the first round. They've been swept. It's been, a, as I said before, a shameful effort, really, from them. Imagine lining up all the series that we had in the first round, mm. and that was the one that was the sweep. We like, said we said on the when we we're doing our predictions that there's no way that this series cannot go seven games. I tell you what, for we, any of the punters out there, imagine <laughs> how much money would have been lost going into the season. How many people would have put on, you know, for the championship, the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, yeah. The old Vegas there would just be rubbing, rubbing their, hands their hands together. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I held a lot of lot of hope for this team this season with with Harden with Kyrie. Mm. Even once Ben Simmons came into the fold, I thought that that you know if he gets on the court, you can see a world in which it works. Yeah. Yes, a horrible, horrible ending to their season. The thing with Ben Simmons as well, just quickly, I don't want to talk too long about him, but I think that his teammates would be extremely disgruntled with what they've seen since he's come over. Yep. To be standing on the sidelines in that kit that he was in the other day, which was just Granted. a shocking kit, by the way. But, you know, then to just show no heart, no fight, no ticker, and, you know, Mate, in can't the be end, bought, can't be taught. He only really needed to play that one game just to show even like 10 to 15 minutes off the bench just to show, okay, I'm here with you guys. Play. I'm not here as an accessory. You know, I'm here to actually attempt to help you guys salvage this series. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just shows no heart. And I don't think that's a good thing going forward um, for this Brooklyn Nets franchise. They're all going to be looking at him a little little bit sheepishly. I agree wholeheartedly. They've, he's given them no indications that he's involved or invested in the franchise, which mm. is doesn't bode well when they've got so much money tied up into him. So yep. watch Such this space on that one. Another bloke who had a shocker as well as the Nets, Trey Young. Now, mm. across the five games, this guy, I rattled through his stats last week, but it got worse. He, aver- he was 32% from the field, 18% from three, averaged six turnovers a game. Mm. And across the five games, 
he was an accumulative minus 58 mm. when on the court. Wow. Oh, um, yeah, no. Not ideal. I know the, you know, heavy lies the shoulders that the crown hangs or whatever <laughs> yeah. the expression is. But, yeah. yeah, he did have a lot on his shoulders. But where did he fall flat? He did fall flat, but I think you've nailed it. Like, he did have probably too much on his shoulders. He needed the help. And you see those types of stat lines. Like, when you've got too much on your shoulders, it, it goes one of two ways. You're either going to be, you know, having 50 each game on 50% shooting or you're going to just fail miserably. And unfortunately, he did have a bit too much weight on those shoulders. comes down to the fact, again, that the Atlanta Hawks need to make some changes over they the offseason. He needs a bit more help because... Was that, there a level of complacency after making the Eastern Conference Finals last year, do you think? Um, there, sh- there really shouldn't have been. There should have been even more hunger, I would have thought, after falling... Just short. Like, I would have thought, you know, to make the Eastern Conference Finals last year was a really huge achievement and good on them for doing that. But at the end of the day, like, no one's going to remember you for making those Eastern Conference Finals. You have to put in more of an effort the next year. So, um, yeah, they've they've sort of flamed out and it's been disappointing. But I'm still expecting them to bounce back next year. But it'll be very dependent, I believe, on, I guess, the changes that they make. Because okay. they're, it's, they're very they're reliant coming. on a few changes. Capella, yep. Capella's the big one, I reckon. John Collins, maybe. Gallinari, Gallinari I reckon yeah. he's out. Lou Williams. I actually, the other week when we spoke about it, had to go look at their team list to make sure he was still on there. Is he? Uh, he is. He, he is. is. Yep. I, I sweet, wouldn't sweet have Lee. been able to tell you. Yep. No, neither. It was a Bogdanovich pure, probably yep. needs yep. to be looked at. Yep. Um, you know, Capella's the big one, though. So. He is. Yep. You know, Congo is the future. He is the present, I reckon. Um, mm. So looking forward to seeing how that plays out with the Hawks. Big off-season coming, you would imagine. Yes. Yep. Another team that I anticipate will have a big, well, maybe not such a big off-season, but a big next season, mm. the Denver Nuggets. Mm. Mm-hmm. The question is, will they be a threat next season? A legitimate, legitimate threat. Um, you know, this almost feels like a break-even year. We put something on our socials. Mm. Guys, check it out. We're active everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Um, put up, a, a, I guess, a bit of a question about the Nuggets, mm. whether this season's considered a failure or a success. Now, yeah. for me, I thought it was almost just a, a break-even year, almost just a gap year. Yep. You know, there's only so much that Jokic can do. He has, you know, speaking about blokes with the weight of the world on his shoulders, he is first and foremost probably the name highest on the list. Mm, indeed. But yep. I guess just on that note, once you get Michael Porter Jr. back and Jamal Murray, are they a threat next year? A legitimate, like if you're looking at, you know, the, the top two or three teams in the mm. West, are they up there? Uh, yeah, I would have to say so. Um, we've seen in previous years the Nuggets have been one of these teams who have sort of to a certain extent gone under the radar and they've been able to make a few Western Conference finals. In saying that, the yeah. rest of the teams around them are getting better at the same oh. time. So do I think that they will improve next year and will be around the mark? Certainly do. Do I think that they'll be legitimate contenders contending with the likes of Phoenix, who I think will be up there again, Golden State, um, even Memphis? Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to see what they can do in that early bit of the season next year to get a good read on them. because Just Without yeah. without seeing the players and how Porter and Murray look when they come mm-hmm. back, let's do a little round robin. So you've yep. got Denver against, let's say, the Clippers. Paul George and Kawhi back next season. Who have you got? That's the thing. I'd probably have to go. Oh, look, I'd probably have to go with the Clippers. I would go with the Clippers. Yeah. Mm. Um, Lakers. Let's say LeBron's back. Let's say AD's back healthy. Even yep. we'll say they keep Westbrook, keep yep. the team. Who have you got in that one? Nuggets. Got Nuggets. Yep, I think so. Yeah. Well, I actually don't know. I'm going to say Lakers. T- that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> it like is. The Clippers, I think, will 
pretty handily get over the Nuggets, but I reckon the Lakers is the thing with the Lakers is you know they've left a bad taste in my mm. mouth this year, Whether so it's bad. hard to it's hard to get over that for the time being. Like on paper, they should probably be taking that one, but yeah, they're going to have to turn things around for sure. Two more Pelicans with Zion back against Denver. Yeah, um, I'd be backing Denver in. Okay. Yep. And last one, Timberwolves against Nuggets. Ah, uh, Denver. Denver. Okay. There yep. you go. So they probably... still rate Denver very highly, yep. particularly with those two other key pieces back. I think the big piece for them is going to be maybe reshaping their bench a little bit. Mm. I think you'd be absolutely delighted with the strides Bones Highlands made this season. Yes. Even Demarcus Cousins, for all he's worth, big boogie. is a handy piece, I think, off the bench. And mm. I, I would like to see him stay there. But I think you can look to kind of maybe offload Austin Rivers, Compazzo, yep. just reshape and tweak a little bit around the edges. Once you get Murray and Porter back, you know, whether it's Barton, whether it's Monte Morris, yep. whatever, it's going to reshuffle their deck a little bit. Um, I, th- I think they'll be up there. I reckon maybe they're the fourth, the fifth best team in the Agreed. West. Agreed. They're not in that, in that bracket. top, top echelon mm. yet, but they're, they're knocking on the door. Yep. And who knows what we'll see from both Porter and Murray when they get back. I still think very respectable season, given the outs that they've had, though. Absolutely, Jokic, yeah. absolute superhero. Beat the Lakers, surpassed <laughs> well and truly shat on them this yeah, season. So, did. Did. yeah, no, I give them props for that. Last question, Roy. Oh, no, I've got two more, sorry. Mm. Do the Bulls give Zach Levine the max this season? $212 million over five years. Uh, yeah, they probably do. They probably do. Because, I mean, even though DeMar DeRozan's been absolutely outstanding this year, like he's still a player who's probably getting on in years. And, yeah, 30, you know, what is he, 33? Uh, yeah, DeRozan, probably be yeah, low 30s, I, I would have yep. thought, without knowing for sure. But um, I think he's their future. He really is their future. He's the guy who they have to more or less build around going forward. And it's not bad. He's 27, so yep. five years, 32. That's not bad. He's just he's... about to enter his prime. Yep. yep. Um, and, yes, I would love to get him for him to get on top of his injury concerns because that's been a little bit of a downer. And it's a little bit of a concern when you're looking to offer a Supermax to someone who's had these injury concerns mm. in saying that at his best, if he can get on top of them, which I think he probably can, um, I would be offering him the Supermax. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think mm. in terms of the Bulls, their off-season, I think you almost run it back with the exception of probably offloading Vooch. Yeah, um, Vooch. Undersized centre who... You know, he's made a career out of being able to shoot the ball. He has not done that well this year. Yep. Doesn't really offer a defensive presence. So, like, the idea of him was good, mm. um, but the execution this season hasn't been there. I think he would look better because of his, you know, being undersized and his lack of defensive prowess. He looks better when Caruso and Lonzo are in the team. Mm. But, you know, both have missed quite extensive time, in particular Lonzo this season. So he, he has looked poor. Mm. And as I said, especially with him shooting the ball pretty god-awfully, um, but I reckon he's the piece you probably look to move on from and, and get a more reliable, sturdy centre. Vooch, straight swap for Miles Turner. Thoughts? Who, who wins that? Uh, well, they're both getting something different. I think you're getting more offense, more offensive um, prowess from Vooch, but you're getting more on the defensive end and you're getting probably more from the three ball from Miles Turner. I think so. that would look better for the paces if they still had Sabonis. Yeah, yeah, that'd I, be a good I, one, two option. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So... I don't know about that. That's a fun one, though. Yeah. Fire up the old trade machine soon, I reckon, mate. <laughs> See if that works. Last one for me. Just a quick shout-out to the Toronto Raptors. Went down against Philly 4-2. I tell you what, though, when it was when it was sitting there at 3-2, I thought, mm. oh, look out. Could the, uh, could the 76ers really blow this? Like, really bottle it. Raptors become the first team to come back from a three-zip deficit. Wasn't to be, but take nothing away from their season. Mm. As we said at the top of the show in regards to Scotty Barnes, 
Mate, what they've done this season is nothing short of phenomenal. It's been incredible in every aspect. Yeah, in that series, though, I, I felt the strongest sense of deja vu. Oh. Uh, like the past few seasons, seeing the incredible hype surrounding the Philadelphia 76ers and seeing Toronto slowly but surely yeah. claw their way back in, I thought you just couldn't. You just you can't script I this. was praying for Whatever happened, I was praying for a game yeah. seven just to see those boys in Philadelphia shit the bed. Like, <laughs> they they would have been packing it. Oh, they would have been turning. Doc Rivers, yeah. I tell you what, that guy, he would have had beads of sweat just <laughs> dripping everywhere. But, you know, for this season, yeah. what they've done, unearthing an absolute steal in Scotty Barnes. You know, there was... A bit of chatter going into the season that they maybe went overs on him a little bit there. But, you know, with Jalen Suggs falling to fifth there. But I think uh, they've well and truly come out a winner in that situation. Aren't they so glad how that panned out? Like Incredible. I, like, I know it's early days for Jalen Suggs and I don't want to shit on him. But at the end of the day, but the, the difference between Scotty Barnes this year and Jalen Suggs, obviously in different systems as well, it yeah. certainly has an impact. But the difference between those two have been enormous. He's a killer. And, like, yeah. their team next season... You know, it's got a little bit of work to do to be, again, a, a contender. Yeah. But you look at Siakam, Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., who's, you know, really come out as well. Yep. Boucher, Ananobi, Achua. You put their Scotty Barnes. Their great list, core. They've got a great core. Mm. A really, really good core. And, again, just another organization that's run so, so well. Yep. Even in a year that we think they're maybe going to bottom out, could look at tanking, they still somehow manage to claw their way up into into the playoffs and really put up a really really admirable fight. Uh like yeah, they've they've just overexceeded everyone's expectations mm. and yeah, they probably don't have to make too many changes next year. Like they they as we were just saying their core is looking incredibly good. Just be reliant I guess on growth from Barnes. It will be. A little bit from Siakam and just finding maybe that number one guy to be that scorer. Yeah. Um but yeah, they look really good going forward. Agree. Mate, there is, I guess, recapping just a couple of points from round one. Let's go into our round two predictions. Daily dribble. Okay. At the time of recording, by the time you guys listen to this, the playoffs round one might be wrapped up. Might be. As we speak, as we said, the Timberwolves and Grizzlies are playing right now. I'm going to base my predictions on the fact that I think the Grizzlies will win. Mm -hmm. If they lose today, I think they'll win game seven. So take it whichever way you want for that matchup. But we'll start in the east. We've got the Boston Celtics against the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, Ro, how do you see this series playing out? What and an how many games? Enticing matchup this is. Unbelievable. Oh, like it's sort of the same story with the um, Boston Nets series. Like when mm. I know we said, oh, you know, I don't see a world in which this doesn't go seven, but I do not see a world in which this series yep. doesn't go seven either. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously on the Buck side of things, handling Giannis is always a handful, and. I think that we're capable of actually limiting his production. Um, not to say he won't have incredible games because he absolutely will. But who are you putting on him? Um, or just done by team committee? effort. Yeah. Team effort. It has to be. You can't put one guy on on Giannis. I think any team can probably attest to that. Could you play the two bigs and put put the time lord, big Rob Williams, on him and let Horford deal with Brook Lopez? Rob's going to have to put in work. For He's sure. going to have, gonna have to big put in work. shift. Um, so yeah, de- definitely think it's going to be a team effort. Um, and on our side of things, we've we've had some really coming of age um, performances, particularly in that last series. Like mm-hmm. I think Jace Tatum and Jalen Brown as that duo is looking incredibly. That's good. the best they've looked. They that have is, looked so incredible. Like we saw them make the Eastern Conference Finals a few years ago, and they've been in and around the mark. Um, th- like that was, and I, I kind of shat on them throughout the year. They yep. looked poor in the first half of the year. Mm. 
They have over the last few months been the best team in the league. Yep. And that duo together in that series against the Nets, just on the defensive end, we've spoken about how good on that end they've been over the last few months. But mm. that series was just phenomenal. The way they locked up KD, yep. just as such a like a well-rounded team effort and did it in big part without Rob Williams for most of the yep. series. Absolutely. I tell you what, I would be getting very excited if I was a Beantown boy. I'm, I'm over the moon. It's almost as if those two have matured into, I guess, what they were what we thought their potential might be. And they're only continue, continuing to improve. Um, so I guess in terms of my prediction, um, prior to this series, if Chris Middleton was playing, I, yeah. as much as I've been impressed with the Boston Celtics, like the Milwaukee Bucks at full strength are incredibly difficult to beat. And I probably would have gone with them, but I think just with that out and what I saw in that first round and what I've seen in this last half of the season, particularly defensively from the Boston Celtics, um, I'm going with Boston Celtics in seven games against the Bucks. Very good, mate. I tell you what, I was in the same predicament. I was trying mm. to find any which way not to make it seven games. And I was racking my brain. I was like, oh, if this happens, maybe it goes six. Yep. Maybe, But I just couldn't do it. No. This series is going seven games. I likewise have the Celtics. Um, again, as you said, if Middleton had been playing, I just think there might have been a little bit too much, yep. I guess, too much offensive power, too much on the defensive end as well, just too much of that being there, done that, going to the finals. They've, they've got that cohesion. Exactly. Yep. I thought Bucks in seven. Mm. But what what the Celtics did in that series prior, and just seeing Tatum as well flourish, just growing into just one of the best him. players in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, he's. He, I think he's pretty comfortably now that number one piece. Yes. And it's yep. been debated for so long. Is it Brown? Is it Tatum? And I think they're almost falling in line behind that. They know where mm-hmm. each person sits. Brown's at number two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the identity they've created for themselves on that defensive end of the floor, I think holds them in really good stead. I and I've got, so. I've got them in seven. Quick question. Do you think Drew Holiday is going to be the most important player in this series with the out of Chris Middleton? He's got so much responsibility. He does have a lot. Because we know that Giannis is going to get his on any given night. You know, you'd you probably just settle for the fact that Giannis is probably going to have 30 and 10 every night. But you know what? It's not. It's I not. think it might be Grayson Allen. And I say, Grayson, that, almost, the villain. I, I say that almost tongue-in-cheek yeah. because he's a dickhead. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's one of the league's most hated players. He is. But what he did off the bench, like, I think that's maybe a real avenue that Bucks could get over the top of the Celtics here, mm, just mm. with their bench production in terms of scoring. Yeah, mm. a little more on the offensive end. Mm. Um, I mm-hmm. think the Celtics, even when they bring on that second lineup, are good on the defensive end. But I think the Bucks' offensive side, if Allen can catch fire, and that that might be the separation between the two points. I think he's got a real big role to play in this series. I yeah, I like that. And the other thing with these two teams is both structurally and I guess like game plan wise, they're all on the same same page you you see some of these teams go up against other teams whose game plan is a bit all over the place and they're not really sure what they're supposed to be doing where they're supposed to be running and it shows but it's going to be interesting because it's two professional really good outfits going up against each other it it has to go seven beautiful mate let's go ahead to the next series in the east we've got the miami heat against the philadelphia 76ers miami being the home team there Mm. I might start with this mm, one. Please do. Give so, me a bit of time to think. A bit of time to think. I I think. I think. I think the Heat are going to be too good. Yeah. I've got the Heat in five. Heat I think, in five. I think yeah, Heat right. are going to be pretty mm. dominant here and flex some muscle. Yep. Um. I think they've got really good matchups just in terms of both ends of the floor. They've got dogs on D, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. Yep. 
even Big Maxi Struess. Like Struce. I think I, I don't see him in the mm, starting lineup too. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be too good. Yep. And I think if we can see more of what we saw from Jimmy Butler in round one, being that that real offensive playoff just, Jimmy, playoff Jimmy, what yep. he did against the Lakers in that bubble final series a couple of years ago, that's more of what we want to see from him. And they just look like they've got another dimension to them. Mm. They're not so reliant, as good of a three-point shooting team as they are. When you've got Jimmy who can drive into the lane attack, as well as knocking down the three as which he was, mm. I think they're going to be too good. So I've got Heat in five. Um, I will go Heat in six. Um, I think that Bam out of bio is a really good matchup for Joel Embiid. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's the main guy that they're going to have to contend with on a nightly basis because we know he's going to be reliable. But in terms of opposition, I think Bam Adebayo, who's up there in you know Defensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. he's a good solid option. He can provide on offense as well. So it's not like he's going to just be defending all game. Like Joel Embiid's going to have his hands full defending him as well. Yeah. I think Miami just have a few too many pieces. And, and they're too many. Yeah. You look at Tyler yeah. Hero, Duncan Robinson, Victor Oladipo, you know they've got a lot there. They've got a, they've got a heap of talent coming off that bench. So I think um, Philly are probably going to have their hands full, and I just have a bit more faith and I guess faith that the Heat are going to rely, uh, going to show up on a nightly basis. Whereas the Philadelphia 76ers, like you look at guys like James Harden, he, we know he's become one of these guys who is a little bit unreliable in the playoffs and has fallen short a few times. And I I I struggle to forget all those times where that's happened. So, I, yeah, I think the Heat will get over them. Still expecting it to be a good series. We'll have games where Joel Embiid will obviously dominate and yeah. there might be like a James Harden game or two where he goes off as well. But I don't think it's going to be enough as an overall team effort to get over the top of the Heat. Well, as the late great Mark, uh, George Michael once said, you've just got to have faith. Just got, got to have, have a bit of faith. faith. So yes. I have faith in the Heat as well. How many yeah. games was it for you there, Six. Bro? Six. Six. Yep. There, there we go. Let's transition to the Western Conference then. Two Two big series as well. I tell you what, all four of these matchups are huge. It is really a creme de la creme of you know talent from the NBA. But in the West, we'll start with the, the Phoenix Suns against the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Roy, what do you reckon about this one? The Suns, the home team in this one. Yeah. Um, what have you got? Uh, so for me, I guess Devin having Devin Booker back obviously helps enormously. And you know what? Before. You know, Devin Booker came back so quickly in comparison yeah. to what the reports were initially. I thought yeah. he'd be out for this second round. Um, so that's a, that's a huge inclusion to have in playoff basketball. Um, Dallas have had an incredible season, um, particularly the the last half of the season where they sort of again clawed their way back up. And once um, again, that that mid season acquisition, getting in Tim Whitty, getting in offloading Porzingis, absolutely, really kind of given them. A little more freedom, and that small ball lineup is doing bits. It's doing bits, and you know, Luke has obviously been in MVP contention again. Jalen Brunson has just been absolutely stunning. He's been great. Um, I think in this series, though, their season will come to an end. Um, I'm expecting the Suns to get over the top of them in five. I think they'll. I think they might pinch one off them, but yep. I think just in terms of overall talent, um, the Suns have it all clicking. Um, and if Devin Booker is back healthy again, um, as close as 100% that he can be, yep. um, I think it, it's going to take an enormous effort from any team this year to defeat the Suns. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I've got the Suns. I've got them in seven, though. Yeah, I see this series going quite deep, and I think that's purely based on how great I think Luka is yep. and how great I think Brunson is becoming. Mm. Um, I think most of these teams, and I, I said seven, I think these teams will hold at home. Mm. I think this will be a series where each team holds at home and, you know, thus with Phoenix having that that advantage, having that game seven at home. Yep. 
I think they'll get over the line. I'm really, really excited for this series. Like, I think this is going to be fascinating. I think there's going to be some big performances from Booker, even Chris Paul, Doncic. Brunson's going to have to step up as well. But um, I think the Suns get it done. And I think, like you, I would hate to be coming up against them. They are going to be a hard, hard team to stop. There have been there, done that type of team. Exactly. And those coming up against those type of teams in the playoffs are never fun. And the hunger as well. The like, I, I think. As hungry as I think Luca is, I reckon he could polish off a three-course meal pretty quickly. Yes. But I think that hunger that Chris Paul has, being so close, never getting there, mm. seeing the expression of Devin Booker once they lost to the Bucks last season in the finals, like I think they are poised, primed, and really ready to go. I think so. And the thing with Dallas, and the reason why I think you know, like your seven-game prediction is you know a possibility of happening is they play with a chip on their shoulder all of them play with a chip on their shoulder luca plays that bit angry and i love to see it it's um, just a bit of a pig in there isn't he he is a bit of a pig but um on the other side of things you look at phoenix and my god they've got a chip on their shoulder after last year yeah. as well just falling short at the final hurdle yeah. um yeah it's going to be an incredible series i'd love to see dallas take it up to them but and there's plenty thinking... of luca magic shout oh, out to our man yes. Justin schumacher xl hopefully xl will be there absolutely the he will be he yeah. will be Absolutely front and center. Best. Yes. Yeah, looking forward to that series. The other series to take place in the Western Conference there. Now, I'm going to put the little preface on this. As we said, the game's still going as we speak. Yes. Haven't had, haven't had a look at the results, but mm. I'm going to say it's Memphis against the Warriors. Memphis being the home team for that one. Mm. I've got this one Warriors in six. Warriors in six. Warriors in six. I just think, I think they'll just have a little bit too much firepower. Mm. I think we saw Steph come back into the starting lineup the other day. I think with Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, I think Wiggins as well. I think Wiggins, mm. Draymond Green, all these blokes, they're, they're going to just be a little bit too deep and a little bit too strong. Mm. Yeah. Uh, for as good as the Grizzlies have been, I think they're still a year or two away from matching it with these top you know, top one or two teams in yep. the West, namely Phoenix and the Warriors. Um, but, but hats off to them. I think Jar will have a massive series. I just don't think he'll have enough running mates with him. Mm. Yeah, this first round's been quite telling, actually, because... You know, the Grizzlies have shown that they can be susceptible at times, even to teams. Yeah, well, the T-Wolves should probably be leading the series. Probably should be. They've had Pro- a few games that they've dominated in and just let go towards the end there. They should be in pole position, but they're not. Um, but they're not and I, I think, yeah, just due to the fact of what I've seen this first round, I've seen that Memphis Grizzlies have great of a season as they've had. They've, sh- they've still got holes. They've still mm. got a few holes, particularly in playoff-type basketball. Yeah. Regular season's a different game. Once again, the Golden State Warriors, they've been there. They've done that time after time. They've got the players who know what it takes to get there. Um, and as we said last last week, the Warriors at this time of the year are clicking on all cylinders. So They're hungry too, aren't they? They're they extremely hungry. a couple of years, hungry. I guess, almost relegated to the, the lower leagues. You know, yep. injuries have really hurt them. They are they are hungry. They, they want And it. especially Clay Thompson, yeah. like, who's been oh, out for yeah. so long, wanting to be a part of it all. Like his, I guess his desire would be... Greater than almost anyone. Yep. Offensively, how good does that line up with Jordan Poole in it look as well now? It's just a, it's almost broken. Yeah. How good they are. Like it's it's know, a cheat I, just, code I just don't know how the Grizzlies are going to keep up scoring wise. No, no. It's just going to be on another level. I think their system's pretty good, the yep. Grizzlies. I think their overall system and the buy-in is really good. But yep. you know, you can buy in as much as you want. Sometimes you just you just don't have quite enough to contend with these. Exactly star, right. Superstar starter teams like the Warriors. Mate, I tell yeah. you what, there is four massive series coming up. I, it's just ridiculous. As we said, the teams, the talent that's all set take place. What is the series you're most looking forward to? Boston I, Bucks. Yeah. Boston Bucks. It's a bit of a no-brainer, but 
just for the simple fact that I'm really intrigued to see if you know we That's can, mine as well. Yeah, if we can come of age and you know defeat the Bucks, even though they're not going to be at full strength. I think that's the one which is, as we were mentioning, most likely to go to seven, I would have thought. It's going yeah. to be the most anticipated playoff contest, I would have thought. It feels like a finals matchup, doesn't it? It like really does, Conference yeah. finals matchup yep. there. So mm. uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. Guys, speaking of things we're looking forward to, tonight, oh, my Nick. State Bank Arena, tip off 8 o'clock. If you're listening to this episode before it starts, get fired up. We're going to be bloody going off oh, i cannot wait oh mate i've been thinking about it ever since you told me we got the tickets and i was so happy driving home from work i was like oh, oh. let me know the good news and the boys been, are on haven't been able to wipe the grin off my face nick but yeah the the my state bank arena is going to be shaking tonight guys if you're there we'll be there come say hello to your boys we're going to be up and about the energy will be electric uh can't wait to break it all down with you guys next week win lose or draw we'll be here breaking down the nbl the nba uh, it's going to be a big, big week. Absolutely. Round two starts. Yep. Unbelievable. So, guys, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm trying not to smile as I talk now because it's just so exciting. But as always, use that code. That link is in our bio for manscaped.com.au. Use our code DRIBBLE20. Be sure to stay up to date with all of our socials. As we said, there's a lot of news happening over the next week or two. Mm. So be sure to be following to get it as soon as it drops. Subscribe wherever you listen to the show. And we'll talk to you next week. Guys, till then, love you, bye.